Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey, what's up, friends? Mike here with the Song Rang for Guitar podcast, episode 103, Melody, Music, or Lyrics. Now, in this episode, I'm joined by Song Rang for Guitar coach Madeline Finn, and we're diving into the question that songwriters always wonder, which is the most important thing, melody, music, or the lyrics? Is one greater than the other? Are they all equal? Guess what? We're diving into this question and we are going to talk about it. So whether you're someone that has ease with writing great melodies or you've struggled, if you're someone that knows how to write killer lyrics that connect with people or you feel your lyrics are pretty bland, or if you're someone that thinks highly on the musical side and the creation of your chord structure or you just throw some chords on whatever you got, this is an episode you need to listen to. So we're going to dive into it with Madeline Finn, episode 103, Melody, Music, or Lyrics. So Madeline, I got to ask, what is the most important thing? Melody, lyrics, music? Hmm... Trick question. They're all mother-loving important. (laughs) So if you were wondering, are they actually going to pick one? No. They all matter. (laughs) But I think we tend to have a certain thing that is a strength that we tend to fall to. Some people say they're great lyricists. Some people say I'm great at melody. They feel comfortable with their instrument. But usually there's a deficiency or there's a lack of, you know, one or more of those three things. And the problem is if you stay in that land of always being the thing that you're, that you're editing, you know, let's say if you're great with lyrics and all you do is you revise and then you revise more and we're into like the fourth revision of verse one and somebody goes, Hey, uh, what's your melody? Yeah, this is like, so I love using editing lyrics as a way to, and I teach this to a lot of my clients. Um, Basically, I use editing lyrics as a way to see where I need to assess melodically, uh, dynamically, all that stuff. So literally, I look for redundancies, I pull them out, and then I know, okay, if I... I don't like the word lazy, but if I glazed over the fact that I use the word I'm twice unintentionally, I probably also didn't pay attention to like, oh, maybe there's a melody thing I can do here. Maybe there's a uh, dynamic shift. Maybe there's a chord shift, right? So that would be an example of like a redundancy if you're saying like I'm and then the next one I'm and then I'm again. And it's like, okay, like I get the point. Is there another way that we could say this or could we cut this or could we say something different? Yeah, I was working with um, Michael Colby. We were working through some some lyrics and it was really cool to see, like, I'm not even kidding you. We got in there and I was like, okay, you've got her and he and her and he like, like yeah, lots yeah. of pronouns in here. And I was like, 
what is a different way that you can say this? And we just took literally five minutes and he crushed it and wrote this like incredible line that got his point across and like hammered home the show me don't tell me. And it was just so cool to see him do it in real time. Oh, you just said something really cool. Could you explain the show me don't tell me? Oh, if anybody's a songwriter and hasn't heard that yet, get pumped. Get ready. Because <laughs> it's the rest of your life. Get pumped. Here we go. What is it? <laughs> so it's the idea that in lyrics, you don't want to tell somebody what's happening. So I wouldn't tell you like, the dress is red. I would say, I would show you. I would say... um, long flowing gown crimson colored like i would do things like that i would paint a picture as opposed to being like she wore a red dress and went to the party <laughs> like i would you actually sold me i love that song red I would dress paint party pictures right i would paint pictures and like all my favorite songwriters do that and i talk mm -hmm. about that a ton is like this idea of radical specificity Ooh. that triggers this feeling of nostalgia in folks yeah, yeah. like jason isabel has a song called elephant that i love mm -hmm. and in that song he says this line seagram's in a coffee cup and you might not have ever drank seagram's out of a coffee cup but you instantly feel that right and that's that's what i mean like radical specificity and taking time to show instead of tell Ooh, yeah. it's the good good but what I love is when Michael did that with you, you know, I, I think some people are worried like, oh, is this going to take like, this is going to take hours. But you, you know, five minutes, you just go through and just do a quick check. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost like a little pit stop. Yep. <laughs> like you see it's him an, go around. It's a process. And just like, hey, let's just check in really quick and let's take a look. Cool. Let's make these adjustments. Let's move on. We'll do the same thing again and we can do a bigger revision later on. Just you describing that, I feel is a bit of the process mm -hmm. so again that's a thing for lyrics what about melody like you know for people that are because i do hear this a lot people say i struggle with melody and i think they struggle too with trying to get the perfect melody mm -hmm. and they never allow their idea to fully like come out they're already judging what it is before they yep. even say it and so mm -hmm. they just bite their tongue and they're like i don't have anything but meanwhile they they have a catalyst on yeah. tongue. or they don't choose right Ooh. like they will yeah. i've seen a lot of people who will like kind of muck through a melody but don't make a decision somebody you know Catherine. Mm -hmm. Catherine, like this is when we first started working together she had that sort of problem where she would like and she would totally admit this so i'm sure she's okay with me talking about this but she would like not quite decide on her melody because i think she wasn't confident in it mm -hmm. and then i was like no just choose like just take a minute choose a melody yeah. and lo and behold now she's writing these kick butt melodies that get stuck in my head while i'm in the shower i'm not even kidding like <laughs> they're great melodies and it's literally just because you have to be confident enough to just decide okay this is going to be my melody and that's that my general rule of thumb is if i can't remember the melody it's not good enough <laughs> <laughs> no that that makes sense because the best way to describe, it, especially now, there's so much. We're inundated more and more with so much music, whether it be songs that we love, whether it be on our shows, whether it be on social media ads, web only ads, Instagram only ads, 
all over the place. So it has to be memorable. Mm -hmm. But you said something too about that I find interesting that you have to be confident too and just make the choice and the decision. Would you say too, because from what you're describing all these things, these are frameworks. Yeah. These are frameworks that I think build up confidence Mm -hmm. so that when you step into that realm of a new right, a professional right, whether it be writing for an artist, writing, you know, you're signed to a publisher, you're writing for sync, you're writing for yourself, whatever it is, that there's some sort of process and framework for you to go through this. Absolutely. And honestly, I preach that more <laughs> than anything else is just some sort of process because f- people, I think, tend to feel like they should be able to do it all in 20 minutes. And The way I see it is if you don't have a process, you're trying to do it all at once, which means you're not doing any of it at the caliber, which it, it, I don't like should, but could be done. Mm -hmm. Right. So like I tell people my process and most people I work with, their process ends up being, cause it's different for every person. Right. But the, the like basic framework I say is write, edit, polish, perfect. Right. So writing is literally stream of consciousness. Get it on the page. Don't spend time like worrying about all of the little nuances or the ear candy or things that like don't come to mind right away. Really just write the song and let your creativity flow and then you can approach it in the editing process with a more critical ear. And that's when you add in the fun stuff. Um, Like I was working, I'm a music director and I have a new artist that I've been working with and I was arranging one of her songs and the whoever edited it miss this prime opportunity <laughs> because there's a, in the bridge it says like a sun failure to my heart beat and i was like oh that's where we go failure to my heart beat um uh, you know like you yeah, just yeah. use it rhythmically to to sit with that but yeah so like the editing process is looking at it with a critical ear and starting to say okay like where are my redundancies where am i needing something interesting and it's important in that editing process you listen. That's the other thing I've been telling everybody is like, don't just play what you th- think comes next. Don't just play um, what you know how to play. Yeah. Play what you hear in your head. And if you can't play what you hear in your head, good news, you're going to figure it out and become a better player. <laughs> right? Like that's how that yeah. works. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you go into like a, a polishing phase, which is deciding, okay, dynamically, is this all like I literally have my my clients do a dynamic map yeah. like, OK, does this stick here the whole time? Where are we going up? Where are we going down? And then the polishing is just getting a vision together, listing the instruments you hear, listing everything that you want before you put it in the DAW. So that way you're not just throwing spaghetti at a wall, hoping that it all comes together. You, there's so I think if you're <laughs> listening to this just hit the just rewind back and just go back through it again but what I I think is super important too is maybe where people get frustrated they have no framework and they're trying to do every every one of those steps you mentioned at once it's like pouring the concrete and trying to paint at the same there's nothing there's nothing there to do it's like it's there's nothing there and Maybe that's a bad analogy, but... Well, no, I I basically... But what ends up happening is I think people see folks like you and I Mm -hmm. or like professional musicians who can do that. Yeah. Like I can do that because I've written 
a metric butt ton of songs <laughs> and I've gone through the process so many times that now it's it's quicker. I know? think that's the important thing. You don't see the back catalog of working up to that. It does look like now we can sit down and write a couple songs, do some edits, do a little bit of recording in the same day, go get some lunch, go do this, and then come back and be like, oh, we can do another one because mm-hmm. we wrote like hundreds and hundreds of songs. Mm-hmm. Just five songs will not get you there. Mm-mm. And yeah. I think that's the tough thing for a lot of people is you have to write. Yes. So yes. how you become, you know, we've talked about lyrics and get that process down. We've talked about melody and get that process down. That has to be part of just the writing process in which you write and car- that has to be priority. Mm-hmm. It's tough for my mind to to be like how you can, if somebody goes like, well, not yet. And it's like, what? And then, what do you mean not yet? What are you waiting for? You yeah. have to start implementing these things. Yeah. People are just afraid. And I know this from experience. Like I was afraid to write a bad song. I was afraid to write a song that wasn't going to be this big old grand huge thing. I think we we have this like pressure on ourselves that everything we do has to be magnificent. Yeah. And it does not uh, there's this quote that I've been telling some of my clients too that it's uh, from a book called Zen Mind Beginner's Mind. And the author is Suzuki Roshi and it says in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities and in the expert's mind there are few. And so I've been trying to can encourage everybody to keep this beginner's mind, to keep this idea of like, I'm just going to write a song. And it doesn't, you know, like uh, Jim is somebody who I've w- talked about a lot, uh, talked about this process with because when he came in, he was so focused on the outcome and so focused on, okay, what's going to happen with it? Where's it going to go? And now like he's learning to embrace the journey. He's learning to embrace the creativity. He's He's learning that all you need is a direction and just the next right thing. Yeah. And it's it's cool to see because now he's creating from a space that seems much more authentic to him than um before where it was just like I hope something happens with this. When you finally let go of that, you you open up so much opportunity for yourself. So, but writing, I mean, so like what stops a lot of people from writing is just this fear that what they're going to write isn't going to be worth it. And I think the thing we have to acknowledge is like it might not be Mm -hmm. it might not be a thing that gets you placement it might not be a thing that um you know gets cut by somebody it might not even be a song you like but at the end of the day you never know what parts of those songs you may pull back in for a future song yeah like you might write a kick butt bridge and who knows you use it for another tune later down the line completely different yeah Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because that scenario that you're describing of like, yeah, it might be a bad song. And that might seem to someone starting out like an awful scenario. And I'm like, but the scenario you're currently in, which is zero songs, is even worse. <laughs> because I would rather you have five horrible songs, but you've started to gain some insight mm-hmm. to how you write. Yeah. And you're further ahead than where you are right now. And you think where you are right now is the safe thing, Mm -hmm. but it's actually the worst thing. And the longer you sit here, the harder it is to get to that next point or the more work you're going to have to put into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, even still, I do this. Like I will write, I'm writing an album right now. We've got so much to talk about, (laughs) but I've got like... 
for the first time in my life, there's like labels involved. I'm trying to figure out like how to make this all work. Yeah. And it's it's like crunch time. And I still, I write 20 to 30 songs. When I'm doing an album, I write 20 to 30 songs and then I pare it down to 12. And we've done that for some of the Gardal stuff. We've written like 15 songs and pared it down to eight. Like it's okay to have volume. But also, I, I also don't want to just be like, yeah, just write a bunch of shitty songs and hope something sticks. Like, no, <laughs> you want to learn from it. Also, sorry for swearing. <laughs> it's okay. You, you, there's many, many accurses that can be had here. Um, so I feel what's interesting, too, about that, you have to learn from it. Mm -hmm. And the scenarios you're describing, too, of everyone that you help, it, to me, it helps to have a guide that is watching over the process and guiding you along not saying do this do this do this but starting to understand how you work mm -hmm. how where your strengths lie and can also highlight that so that you kind of get out of your own head but then you realize oh i do need <laughs> i do have to pick a melody you're right i've been i've just written 25 versions of verse one but i can't sing to you what verse one which gets to the point of the music side of it I think for, you know, starting out with, you know, this company and just, you know, this podcast and focusing mainly on guitar, I'm like, your chord choicings, you can have the most gorgeous melody and the best lyrics. But man, if you got a wrong chord where I'm like, I don't even, you're telling me something sad and that's like super happy. Mm -hmm. Is this ironic or like, yeah. Did you just like go like, ah, it's a chord? I feel like sometimes chords are the thing that gets slapped on. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you got to be thinking that as you're developing both of those things. Like, yeah, they've, they've, you got to check into that. Well, that's why I always say, like, listen first, because really what we tend to do is we tend to resort on what we already know how to do. And I think I did a, a reel on this for us where I was like, try something different. Try a different tuning. Try a different time signature. Try a different tempo. Like, you have to get yourself out of the color palette you're always in because obviously, yes, we all know the one, four, five, right? Or the, the G, C, D, E minor. We all got that down. We so got and that down. if all of your songs are just different, you just capo it up and keep changing, it's still going to sound the same every single time. So what you do is instead of just working with what you know, use your songwriting as an opportunity to see what direction you want to go with your chord choices in your playing. Like if you're playing something and you hear like, okay, you find the root note, right? That's what I always tell my, my people. I'm like, play whatever your first, like hum the first note, like hum the root note of the first chord you hear in your brain. And then we'll find it. Be like, okay, is, does it feel happy or sad? Does it feel dark or bright? Be like dark. Okay, cool. So you found an A root note and it's dark. So it's going to be an A minor. We're going to start with that chord. And then, okay, hum the next chord you hear in the sequence. And then we find the root note. And then we decide, you know, decide what the quality is. Yeah, I could go on and on and on about that. I feel so strongly because there's been times in my life where I hear something in my head and I can't play it. Yeah. And instead of just being frustrated about it, I just learn how to play it. And yes, a lot of the times it's me going to my mentors and saying, like, I don't know how to play this. Yeah. Right. And people think it's so funny, like as coaches that all of a sudden we're experts like, no, I still take I still take lessons. It doesn't like, end. <laughs> it, doesn't. it never ends.
Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to jump in the middle of this episode. Let's face it, songwriters get stuck. Songwriters look at their song from every angle, and they tweak things here. They change lyrics, they change the melody, they change the chords, they change everything, and then they're not happy, and then they change it back. And essentially, we run around in circles. Our own worst enemy is ourselves. So the thing that we need is someone looking into our process, looking at the song, advising, especially when those folks are someone that's done something with writing, that have had experience, that can advise you, that have been in the same place you have, but they're further along now, and they know those tracks and they know how to avoid them. That's why we're doing song critiques. That's right. We are doing song critiques. So you can jump in right now and book a session with a certified songwriting for guitar coach and get a critique. You can start right now by going to songwritingforguitar.com and then below you're going to see a, a little button that says book a song critique. And guess what? That's what you're going to do. And stop wasting hours upon hours upon hours of frustrating yourself. And instead, in just a short session, Get the answers you need so that you can finish your song and know what to do for future songs. So go to songwritingforguitar.com and book your critique today. Okay, let's jump back into the episode. One of uh, the first guests I had, Ali Mosh, she, this analogy still sticks with me. She was like, an Olympic athlete never ditches a coach they just get a better coach and mm -hmm. so i think that's the thing too that people have to realize if you get into this idea of bettering yourself with coaching and they're pushing you it's not there's never going to be a point where you go like cool i can check out now like i've i've learned all i can do it's just like are you kidding me you're just at a new level so you got to get someone else and they have mm -hmm. to like you got to up your game and you got to do it again but I love the idea that you're, you know, that goes back to what you're saying, listening, like listening into your head. What is the chord that you hear? And can you hold that note? And then can you find that note? Mm -hmm. That to me is an awesome skill to have. People write that, you know, it, that was one thing that I used to think like, oh, yeah, everyone does that. Everybody's just like these chords. And I'm like, oh, we could try a different voicing. You know, we can mix it up because it feels a little bit different. Is his what now? And it's like, oh, it's like these, oh, these are new shapes. Oh, I can't do them. Mm -hmm. Well, you could practice them mm -hmm. and then you can yeah. get better at that over time because ultimately that's what leads to better songs. Uncomfortableness leads to better developed skills, which lead to better songs. It sounds, yeah. I'm like, it sounds silly as I'm like saying it, but it's like the thing you're running away from is the thing you need to embrace, which will help you develop and grow, which will help get to the thing that right now you really, really want, which is great songs or consistency in writing that it isn't just like this random, like I got a great song and now I've got 12 terrible songs that you've got some sort of formula and they all work together this this beautiful kind of intertwining between lyrics melody and the chords you choose they all matter because they're all equally important yes absolutely but it's funny when you say it out loud and sometimes i know there's probably a lot of people that are listening that are like oh oh i am in my own sometimes when we hear like a description we're like oh that sounds awful wait wait a minute that's what i'm doing <laughs> it's yeah. just that that shaking but the realization that's okay 
I think everybody mm-hmm. does at some point. We all fall into the things that we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is recognizing it. And, you know, for some people, it's taking a course. I still say the best, the, the best solution always is having a mentor and a coach. Yeah. Look at what you do. Yeah. And devise a plan from there. If you truly want to get better, if you truly want to develop, if you truly want to do whether it is, you know, get a publishing deal, whether it is right for an artist consistently and it's you don't have a publishing deal. It's just like independent artists you meet along the way and you just feel like you can understand their voice and connect. If you want to do licensing consistently, you gotta have you gotta have framework structure and a very clear process. And if you feel like it's been like you know, throwing stuff to the wall, that's where it's like start with a song critique and then yep. start and understand some basics of where you are and then move to that next level. Yeah. And that's I've been really enjoying those song critiques for that reason. And most of the time it does fall under one of those things. Like it's a 15 minute session where I'm like, okay, yeah, melody, work on that. Oh, lyrics, work on that. Or it's like, ah, music, work on that. And it's uh it really is, it's like, you know, I think the triangle, isn't the triangle the strongest shape? Mm-hmm. In, in <laughs> yeah it is so it's like it's like those three pillars you can't really you can't really skimp yeah you just can't and i guarantee you like any of your favorite songs have all three very strong like they're all beefed up they're good the mm-hmm. chords in your favorite songs are great and thought out an intentional oh can we just say that word that's the i think that's going to be the word of the podcast word of the day is intentional because mm-hmm. uh, you can be with your writing. You can be with all of those things. They can be very intentional. Mm-hmm. It has to be. I don't even think it can't. Like, it has to be. That's true. Because if it isn't, then it is a very random, who knows yeah. what you're going to get. and I Or you hope it turns out, well, I hate hope songwriting. <laughs> I hope it, it's going to be. No. Well, how many of those have we done? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I hope it's fine. And you know, we've gotten, I'm glad we've grown as co-writers um, to where we know we're going to get something, but. I I feel the first couple of songs were just to get to know. Yeah. It's like getting to know you. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. you know. Getting to know, know you. you. <laughs> getting to know. What's wrong? <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. But no, it's yeah. true. It's. Because now when we sit down, I'm not worried about like it's a roll of the dice. It's like, no, this is what we do and this is how it goes. Um, We're actually just going to heighten and uh, raise the expectation. What we may have written three years ago, four years ago that we would have gone like, awesome. That's great. We're going to, that is us. Now we go like, it's not bad. We could probably write five more that are way better because the standards Mm -hmm. have moved up the yeah, everything has just changed because it's like a yeah. new level because, cool, we've gotten a lot of placements from these songs, but we want higher placements and we want to do a lot more. So I think they need to be like this now. So this is our new standard of measuring. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, it's so interesting to me how folks will just keep doing the same thing they're doing. Like even in coaching sometimes or in song critiques, like I'll tell somebody, hey, like, I think you are using the same rhyme scheme for every verse, every chorus, like it's, it it's getting a little stale. And then I hear it somewhere uh, like they've released it or something like that. And like, didn't take my advice. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But it's like, you can't expect to change or grow 
if you don't want to like take the time to actually find where that needs to happen, if that makes any sense. Like you can't expect to become better if you're not willing to change, I think is a better way to say it. It's that developing of like the mature songwriter that realizes mm-hmm. I've got these goals and I really want to do this, but I'm going to choose to not just sit around, but I'm going to develop. I'm going to write more. I'm going to implement the feedback. If they say like, this is, you know, I noticed there's some repetition here that you're doing this again. Cool. I'm going to try the opposite. I never do this. It's probably going to be a little messy, but I know I need to go there to get the result or the goals that I really want. Like, yeah, you could put that song out that, uh, you know, was advised not to. And yeah, it might do well or no one will listen to it. Or even you're going to get into a spot of like, I've, I've done that before. And do you know how long it took me to erase things from the internet <laughs> as I did get better? You're going to look back on that song in like five years and be like, what on earth was I thinking? I think it's the eagerness of just like, I just want to jump. Mm-hmm. I just want to put some, I hear that a lot where people are like, I just want to put something out and put something out. I'm like, okay, there, I think there's two ends of the spectrum. There's either I want to release something. I just, I just got to put something out. And there's another one that's like, I'm going to sit here and think for another five years about mm-hmm. my first move. Yeah. Both of them drive me insane where mm-hmm. I want the middle ground songwriter that is maturing and being like, listen, I've got to develop this. I'm going to write a lot because I know I'm going to find the right one. And when I do, I know that's going to be the sound and the process that I'm just going to tweak and refine and develop over time because all these steps got me here. So I'm going to do it again. Yep. And that's that's a good, I like the word repetition. And like, I tell this to all of my people too. I'm like, you got to get reps in. You got to like do the process over and over and over and over and over. And like, that's practice, right? We just are so lucky that our practice involves getting to be creative. What? I know. I don't have to run? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think you have, yeah, you have to do the reps because in what other, you know, what other area do you just jump in and everything's perfect and you're most perfect? No, that's not how it works. You have to do the reps. You have to because that that songwriting muscle isn't fully developed. And you're kind of yeah. killing yourself if you think it is. Well, and that's the interesting part too, because there are people who have done a lot of reps, but they've done a lot of reps of the same thing. It's like ooh, if you're ooh. doing Say reps that again. Of like, Say that okay. again. There's a lot of people who have done a lot of reps, but they're doing a lot of reps of the same thing. Right? So it's like going to the gym... And it's like, you have been going to the gym. I can say, I've been going to the gym for every day for 10 years. And I've only been lifting 25 pounds every time, right? And so, and I've only been doing arm presses. That's it. I don't even know. Is that an exercise? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I've only is. been doing one one thing. So it's like, taking that analogy to your songwriting, I want to be you know, trying different things. I want to be turning up the intensity, turning up the resistance a little bit, right? Because there's so many people who you can be like, yeah, I could write a song in my sleep where it's just verse, chorus, verse, chorage, skip the bridge, do the thing, <laughs> you yeah. know? like, And it's not going to make me any better. 
right? Numbers for the sake of numbers, I think is, you know, dumb. I don't think it makes sense. I think if you're going to really focus on getting reps in, you want to make sure that it it makes you a well-rounded songwriter. Basically, if it's not uncomfortable, at least a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's not helping you grow. I think what you just, the the whole, the whole thing (laughs) when it comes to, you can do things for years, but you can also be doing the same thing for a really long time and nothing develops. I had a business coach and I remember he was in a call and he was talking about, there was someone that said, "Ah, I've been doing a forklift. Uh, You know, I've been driving a forklift for, uh, I have 40 years of experience. And he goes, no, you learned how to operate a forklift in the first two weeks. And then you've been doing it since then. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's like, whoa, it's Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff right there that you do. And it's interesting you say, and people go, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And I'm like, Hey, that's just learning that feeling. Mm -hmm. That's just learning. That's what learning is. When you were a kid and there was an alphabet and you were like, what the hell is this system? I don't (laughs) know this. You didn't go like, ah, shit. I'm just, I'm just going to just, I'm just going to do. It's interesting too, because when you think about it, we're so open to learning in so many different facets. Like for me in particular, uh, a good example of this is I've been bird watching lately. I saw your and- post where you had <laughs> you had your little binoculars to the side, and I was like, "That's amazing." I have an app, and I make lists of like I when I see a new bird, I go in here and I learn. I like I look at all the different potential like colorings and stuff, and I'm like, "Okay, yes, that is a that is a a white breasted nuthatch." And- <laughs> I'm like excited to learn about it. And but the thing about music, mm-hmm. right? And the thing about anything that you're passionate about, there's an element of fear because there is this inherent idea that if we face rejection, it is personal. Mm. Because bird watching for me is not personal. Music for me very personal. Like I imagine sports feel pretty personal and acting feels personal. But the the idea of like bird watching or kayaking, like if if you're just doing it for fun, it doesn't have this personal element to it. But because we do music, it's it's just so easy to feel like a failure, yeah, or to feel like you're doing something wrong. And when I'm in coaching sessions, I try to remind everybody that it's okay to be the beginner, and. Like how I want to be the beginner yeah, always. And the more that you can, like you said, like sit with that discomfort and know that it means you're growing, whoo, the quicker you're going to grow. I'm just learning facts about you. I, and like, I'm like, you know, it's like bird watching. I remember you were like, I'm in this, I, like we were in a right and I'm like, what are you looking at? He was like, oh, soccer score. And like, did you know? And I'm like, and I'm like, what? You watch soccer now? And then you alerted me to the fact that we live in a city that has like a soccer team. And I'm oh, just great like, soccer team. Apparently. Cause then I it's saw more good. and more p- people post about it. And I was like, and I was like, I, I guess home opener is this month. Let me know if you want to go. It's probably going to be cold. <laughs> And, and, and that that's and it's probably good. yeah it's going to be cold <laughs> which really isn't that cold in Nashville but I'm like what, what it's just going to be watching people kick a ball 
It's so good, though. It's so fun. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna. I think you enjoy the camaraderie of it. I think that's. I the do. Thing too. It's I like do. a very I like group. To yell. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, and I'm like, that's I'm okay. good. I just, um, I'll read a book. That's all right. <laughs> Catch me screaming on the sidelines, Mike reading a book, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna go home now. I don't even know what is it. Is it quarter? What is the quarter or halves or what? How, how are they divided? There's the halves. How long are they? Technically, the first half is 45 minutes, but there's oh, stoppage Lord. time, which means that it like sometimes it goes a little. Uh, no, no. Most of the time, it's only three or four minutes extra. This is a bonus is that people minutes. are getting from this episode, too. Not only are they <laughs> understanding the benefits of melody development, lyrical development, and chord development, how they all intertwine and work perfectly, but my total oblivion, you know, just being completely <laughs> like clueless. And I'm like, is there long? Ah, oh, that's long now. And no. It's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. But that's the thing. I don't take soccer personally. I don't take bird watching personally and music is really easy to take personally, which means we don't want to yeah. put ourselves out there and get uncomfortable. But if you don't get uncomfortable, you don't grow. This was fire. This fire. was fire. This fire. was so, so, so good. Um, the link in the bio we're going to have to, and in the description will be to book a song critique. So if you're someone that's like, listen, I just want to dip my toe in understanding maybe an area that needs developed because we all do, but you're new to this, just click the button, get a song critique and uh, have your mind blown. And also too realize that it wasn't that bad, that the process that in our heads, we think it's like, you know, the person's going to come and be like, oh, this song, we're going to have to blow it up. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever. I want you to mute yourself on Zoom because I'm just going to talk the entire time and tell you how there. <laughs> it's none of that. It's it's starting to understand. So, okay, what did you want to do with the song? The intention is, oh, that's interesting. Well, here's my thought of what needs to happen. What do you think about that? Oh, it, it ends up being more conversational too, oh, which absolutely. I always really love. Madeline, you are awesome. You're awesome, my friend. Amazing episode. Woo! I love any time that we have Madeline on the show uh, because she is so humble, but she is such a pro when it comes to knowing where a song needs to go. As a writer, as an artist, she has such a gift for it. And seriously, if you have not booked a song critique with her yet, what are you waiting for? Just go to songwritingforguitar.com. Scroll down and you'll see a button that says book your critique, book a session with Madeline today. It is seriously worth it. You'll save yourself hours and hours and hours of frustration. And honestly, you're going to be further ahead had you tried to do this all yourself. So songwritingforguitar.com, scroll down, book a critique with the amazing Madeline Finn. And that does it for this week's episode. Of course, it was edited and produced by Chris Fafalius. I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.